Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, let's see if we can figure this out this time. Technical difficulties, as it feels like they're always are. <laughs> Man, I tell you what. <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, just because I'm all out of sorts because of how crazy life has been, uh, or if uh, um, I'm just doomed. Julia says, "Don't remember to put, don't, don't forget, or sorry, remember to push the red button." Yeah, I, I got that. That's the only thing that I did right tonight. Uh, I didn't. I, I don't take blame for this. It's just technical difficulties. Uh, I need to make sure to just always restart everything before I start because for some reason, the mixer does not always like to uh, connect to the computer, and so. Um, I, it's it's silly. I should restart every time. It's my fault. It is my fault. I should do that. Uh, there's no phone lines tonight because my phone is also almost dead, so it's plugged in and charging. If it uh, powers up, maybe I'll turn them on. But uh, this is still an interactive show. Uh, this is a live show for anybody who is tuning in via the um, uh, via the the podcast. Um, the point of this is to hang out live and, and hang out together and have a conversation. Um, so you can do that via the chat, which uh, a lot of you have already figured out. That uh, pops up down here. Then it goes away and it'll come back. <laughs> um, uh, so the, the chat is probably the most fun way, in my opinion, uh, to listen to the show because uh, we get to all kind of hang out and talk about things together. Um, but uh, it is also a podcast. So uh, for those of you uh, listening via podcast, we appreciate you too. It is also, it's, I guess it's a lot of things, it's also a happy hour. It's an excuse for us all to hang out on a Monday night, have a drink together, and uh, just talk about whatever we want to talk about, the same way you would with your friends if you were sitting at a bar over a couple drinks. It doesn't matter what you drink, we don't care. You can open up uh, a sparkling water, you can have a beer, you can have a cocktail, um, whatever makes you feel good. Uh, I'm going to drink a beer because... Uh, that makes me feel good. And after the chaos of trying to get the show going, uh, I think I I think I need a beer. <laughs> um, I uh, was late getting the show going already. It's already after ten o'clock, which is obviously not uh, what we what we like from this uh, this show. But um, uh, kids kids were nuts. Uh, kid wouldn't go to sleep, so uh, had to go deal with that. That's uh, I guess that's life, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's almost sometimes like he. Uh, purposely does that uh on mondays just to uh just to mess with me um he'll be ready to go to bed at like 6 p.m on a, any other night but uh, monday if there's something going on oh he he'll, he'll stay awake for me <laughs> we've been busy uh which is evidenced by the fact that there was no episode of cincy brewcast again this week uh apologies uh for that uh, i i am recording two episodes this week though so i have i have plenty of episodes coming up um i just haven't been able to get anything done outside of uh family stuff and work and um that's 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 it <laughs> i just i i've not been able to squeeze anything else in uh so we talked about um last week uh, probably the week before also we've just we've been busy trying to get uh um, uh, new fence up and the new fence is up. And then we had, um, what I call Mount brush, uh, just a ton of cut honeysuckle that we had to get, uh, uh, removed and, um, taken care of because it was literally a mountain just in the middle of my backyard, this big giant mountain of brush. It was terrible. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, Julia is finishing a bottle of Big Bad Baptist, Naked Baptist. I assume she's finishing that because the show is uh, 37 minutes late. Um, oh, Mount Brushmore. Uh, I didn't even I didn't even think of that one. That's that's good. <laughs> Elijah has now finished weeding his garden. Uh, today was entirely too hot today. It was warm, but it was beautiful. It was such a I, I love a hot summer day. Um, I ate lunch out at uh, 50 West, and you know, just the beer garden is 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 perfect for summer days um it's uh yeah I, I love summertime i love drinking beer in summertime um uh which we'll talk kind of about what i've been drinking lately uh, but what i'm drinking tonight i'm uh, kind of on theme with some of the stuff i want to talk about i'm going to open up a lager this is uh from listerman as you can see uh this is called dark matter it's their schwartz beer it is five and a half percent and it says because there is a description on listerman's beers you can't really see it with this lighting right up here uh for a while they didn't have any description just the artwork uh there is a description now and it says this is our dark lager made with german pilsner and munich malts featuring notes of toasty chocolate and finishing with a subtle roasty subtle roast reminiscent of a light cold brew embrace the darkness um i have had one of these already so I, I do know that it's delicious spoiler alert it's good uh julia says i love that one especially the vampire squid on the label um yeah very real simple artwork but uh it's awesome uh, we will, uh, get this poured into here i did stop out at listerman eh, maybe a week ago or so to have a couple beers. See what was new out there. Nothing, nothing crazy to uh, to report. <laughs> All right. Beautiful beer. Dark. Uh, you guys probably can't see. Maybe you can hear a little bit at the bottom. There's um, a little bit of kind of a brown uh, color coming through, but mostly this is dark. Super, super black. And yeah, like roasty, uh, but that bitter kind of um, bitter chocolate, I get a ton on the uh, the nose. And then there's some kind of bready stuff going on there too, maybe like um, a dark bread. <laughs> you know, like, a, you know, when uh, you go to Outback, I haven't been to Outback in a while, you get that little that little loaf of bread there. Uh, whatever kind of bread that is is what I'm smelling. Is that uh, is it pumpernickel? I don't know. I do know that pumpernickel is fun to say. Hmm. All right. Let me let me dive in here. Let me see. Hmm. Man, it's so good. I know that not everybody on the chat. Is a dark is a uh, Schwartz beer fan. I am man. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. It is roasty, but it's still kind of smooth and just still goes down easy like a lager. But with all of that uh, that big roasty kind of uh, bitter kind of flavors, uh, man, this is. It reminds me of kind of uh, when I first started drinking craft beer. And I know that uh, probably a lot of people have similar stories where <coughs> dark beer is the first thing that kind of uh, kind of shocks the palate and kind of shows you this other side of of what beer can be. 
and I can still remember kind of getting into some of those big porters or stouts and falling in love with them. And of course, Guinness was, was in there. But then the first time I tried a dark lager like this, that mixture of uh, the the light kind of, you know, I hate I hate saying drinkability, but uh, the light kind of drinkability of the lager, but then those big roasty dark flavors coming in and kind of um, almost confusing the palate a little bit and just something completely unexpected. Uh, it takes me back to drinking beers like that uh, at that time, but um, yeah, really enjoyable. Uh, it's definitely one that you can uh, uh, you can drink a lot of, and it's hard for me sometimes to uh, to dive into uh, big dark beers. Um, the Baptist that uh, that Julia is drinking, great beer, I'm sure. Uh, I've not had the Naked Baptist, but um, great beer. But it's not something that I am going to think about picking up and opening in the summertime. Uh, I've got plenty of them, and I probably should to get through some of them more, but. Um, I I tend to just kind of go for uh, the lighter stuff or the hoppier stuff or the more summery things. Uh, Julia says, I heard a worse term than drinkability the other day. Uh, Throatable. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to start using throatable. Uh, I do know that uh, Anheuser-Busch had a term that they called the share of throat that they used in a lot of their uh, kind of behind-the-scenes marketing terms because... There was only so much uh, things that people could be consuming, so they uh, were always fighting for their share of throat. <laughs> Throatable. Uh, now I'm going to call it uh, drinkability. Like it. Uh, this is probably something that I need to sit down and kind of really figure out in my head. Uh, but it, it it's definitely a thing. You know, the drinkability, the uh, uh, crushability, uh, crushing things was uh, a popular way to describe it for a while there, but it it, it is it is something that uh, is I think measurable. I, you know there there are criteria that go into the drinkability of something, and uh, so I, I think it's a valid. I think it's I think it's a valid uh, descriptor, but uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really say anything either. I should just use the criteria that make it drinkable. Uh, whatever. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit and dwell over it today, because we have things to talk about. We have um, some fun stuff to talk about. Um, and feel free to uh, to chime in um, as we go. Marco doesn't want to dig in too deep on throatable. <laughs> I think. Well, is that somebody's nickname? <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go. Let's just keep moving. Let's move past all of the throatability. Um, I want to start with uh, Kentucky. So the Kentucky has a currently has a barrel tax, um, and I probably should have pulled more extensive notes about this so that I could uh, kind of dive in um, a little deeper with it. But uh, the the this barrel tax basically means that a distillery in the state of Kentucky uh, pays a tax every year based on how much spirit they have in barrels. So a big, massive distillery that has warehouses and warehouses full of uh, barrels, um, they're, they're paying for all of that every, every, uh, every year. That tax money uh, goes to the place where they are, so the, the local kind of area the the city or the town or whatever the township um 
and uh, in theory, that money is usually going to schools and fire departments and things like that. The argument uh, from the localities is that when you have something like a distillery, especially a big distillery in town, uh, you need uh, increased things like the fire department <laughs> to uh, uh, possibly um, save <laughs> save things <laughs> when, when inevitably the distillery catches on fire because that seems to be something that happens to every distillery at some point in their history. Um, this, uh, this, this barrel tax, though, is being eliminated. Uh, the state of Kentucky is realizing or has been realizing that they are starting to uh, to, to lose out to other states where maybe a distillery that's getting ready to start up uh, decides to go somewhere else because taxes are better. And so they go to Tennessee or Virginia or wherever, you know, and that's, uh, uh, that's, that's not okay to Kentucky. They, uh, they take their bourbon, especially very seriously that it is uh, their product and it should not be anywhere else. Um, so the fact that other distillers are going other places, they got to fix that. Um, so they are getting rid of uh, this barrel tax. Um, uh, the distilleries obviously like this idea, less taxes. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, however, the localities, the uh, smaller uh, towns where some of these distilleries are located, uh, it's a lot of money. Uh, I don't think I wrote down. No, I didn't write down what the actual number that is coming in uh, every year, but it is uh, uh, clearly uh, a lot. Um, we're talking millions and millions, if not uh, more than that, between all of these distilleries. Um, and and the, the localities are, are going to lose out on that. Um, they are, however, going to start in like a, a phasing of removing it. They are going to, um, over the next, like, I don't know, 20 years, I think it was, something like that, phase this out. So um, it might even be more than 20, like 25 years, something like that. Um, so they're saying that these uh, municipalities, these cities, what whatnot, uh, shouldn't notice or feel any changes for at least another 10 years um, as this uh, starts being phased out. But everybody's mad at each other, basically. Uh, they're mad. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the cities, the, the municipalities, we'll call them, uh, they want, obviously, the tax money coming in, and uh, the distilleries just want to pay less money. So uh, everybody's mad at each other. <laughs> Have fun, Kentucky. <laughs> But I, I mean, I get, I get both sides. I get it. Uh, it is strange to be the only state that charges this barrel tax, uh, especially when that state is one that uh, really, really wants as many distilleries to exist there as possible. That's um, seems uh, counterproductive. But I understand uh, tax money. Tax money is important. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, I'm going to skip my order here that I was planning because I want to talk about Lagerfest because I'm drinking a lager. Um, this Saturday, uh, last this previous Saturday, I ran down to uh, Northern Row. They were holding uh, their second annual Lagerfest. They, uh, it's a beer festival, but it's not, it's, it's not what you think of when you think of a beer festival. You know, when you typically think of a beer festival, you think of a bunch of uh, people hanging out in a uh, convention center or a parking lot or something like that, just standing around drinking beer out of tiny glasses. Um, and Julia says, so who's going to put out that distillery when it catches on fire if the taxes aren't going to the fire department anymore? I guess they have to figure out how to run a fire department without that tax money. They will still get tax money from other things, but... Um, 
just not as much. Maybe they can do fundraisers. <laughs> uh, uh, it's going back to Lagerfest. It is a different type of beer festival than that stereotypical vision of what a beer festival is. Uh, there still is uh, some uh, of that kind of idea. There was, uh, I think, maybe maybe 20 different loggers on tap from probably, I don't know, 10, 10 breweries maybe, um, somewhere around there, without looking at the list, which is over, over there somewhere, but... Um, I don't know the exact number, but uh, so there there were like beers that you can sit and sample, and uh, your ticket came with sample tickets, and uh, it also came with a couple half pint tickets. So you could, if you found one that you tasted that you really liked, you could then dive into a half pint of it and kind of sit and uh, enjoy it more. Uh, I used both of my half pint tickets at the same time to get a full pint. That's how uh, that's how my brain works. <laughs> um, but it was really really great to have all of those loggers in one place. Uh, it wasn't a lot of stuff that was kind of crazy and off the wall and things that you don't normally see. There was, there were a couple, like a couple little things that were kind of a little rarer, but it, it was not, a, it's not about that at all. Like that's not the point of Loggerfest, uh, which is something that I, uh, I feel very strongly about, about having these different types of festivals or different types of events that aren't necessarily about chasing that, uh, that next thing or that rare thing or, um, there, it's this other side of beer that I, that I feel so strongly about. I, um, the, again, drinkability of a beer means something to me. The act of drinking beer, the, the act of sitting with somebody and just having a beer is something that I think is extremely important. And that's kind of a big part of what the festival is about. It's about sitting around, just, uh, drinking lager beer, uh, on, on, on top of that, Northern Row loves lager. They are uh, extremely dedicated to it, um, not just because they like making it, but because of what it's done for Cincinnati because of the history side of it. So uh, part of the festival, they did uh, tours, the uh, the Brewing Heritage Trail, uh, did a couple tours of the Jackson Brewery, which if you guys have never been in the Jackson Brewery, uh, it is awesome. It is uh, kind of one of the few that I've been in that has uh, – like stacked loggering tunnels. So there's tunnels on top of tunnels, which um, is really neat to see. And um, they're in great shape and they're easy to get in and out of. And uh, just absolute blast. I always love kind of um, taking one of those tours and uh, especially when in before and after you get to drink lager beer. Um, the, uh, the fantastic band, highly likely, uh, for some of you guys who are, uh, podcast listeners for other shows around town, you might recognize that name. Uh, they were playing, uh, partway through the day. So got to sit and, uh, listen to them. I had never got to see them live. So that was fun. And, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty fantastic. Um, but it, you know, this definitely because of that, it's got me thinking a lot about, uh, uh, you know, the throatability of, <laughs> of beer lately, or kind of what, uh, what beer means, what beer styles mean, what, uh, the, the culture of something like lager, what it means to, to the city of Cincinnati, uh, historically, and kind of where we're at now too, of, um, kind of pushing back into some kind of, a uh, more normalcy of, of beer. Uh, it doesn't always have to be about chasing the next big thing. Um, doesn't always have to be <laughs> it's still a big part of beer but uh, hang on let me let me dive into this mm. 
you know, it's a uh, the uh, the amount of people that drank lager. I know Marco was making a joke. Is high, but just if you think about, you know, what what would have what what the city would have looked like if uh, we did not have that large influx of German immigrants when we did, and if there were not the breweries that were there. I mean, at one time, <coughs> that one at one time, uh, a huge chunk of OTR was taken up by brewing buildings. Uh, we were um, uh, at one point in the night. I, I don't know how it always ends up this way, but ended up on the roof at Northern Row, and uh, we were just kind of sitting up there uh, having a, a beer and kind of looking out over uh, OTR. And you can look down because <laughs> you're you're kind of sitting. It's a little higher than a lot of the other buildings around it. And looking down at this Rheingeist building, which is a a Christian Moorline building. Northern Row was a Christian Moorline building. You can see the Christian Mornline office building. You can see where the stables were. You can see all these things. You can start to look at kind of what this 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 block looked like when the whole thing was taken up by one brewery. It's you know the city. Um, I don't know what it would have looked like. I'm sure some other industry would have sprung up, but uh, um, it was built on on beer, and in a lot of ways built on on lager beer. Uh, so it uh, touched me, touched me in my heart. <laughs> my, my, it was. I'm trying to think of some kind of way to tie that into a throatability joke, but uh, I won't. <laughs> uh, speaking of other loggers, if we want to shift topics again, try to keep things uh, concise and on schedule here. Um, uh, Rheingeist uh, just announced that they were doing this uh, collaboration logger with Patagonia. Uh, this is. Uh, crazy, and I don't, I don't know completely everything about this uh, Kernza. Kernza is a uh, uh, like a wheatgrass, and it's uh, extremely sustainable. Uh, it roots really deep, so like uh, the roots of the plant um, just go way down in there. So you don't have to, you don't have to do as much tilling with it. You don't have it like. Uh, a lot of the nutrients stay in the, sto- the soil with it. It's just sustainable. Um, and so they're teaming up with Patagonia to make this beer. There's, uh, I think, like 11 breweries uh, across the country that are doing it. And um, they're making it with uh, organic hops and just trying to make a beer that kind of uh, shows that there are some other uh, ingredients um, that can be used to, to, to make beer that maybe are better long-term for the sustainability of this industry because uh, supposedly there's some pretty serious climate change happening. (laughs) That's (laughs) probably something we should be concerned about. Um, So I I like seeing stuff like this. I like seeing uh, innovation in in different ways than just uh, um, trying to put marshmallows in something. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, I had a great marshmallow beer last week too. It was delicious. Uh, shout out to Wondering Monsters, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, there is there is other things that you can do with your uh, your desire to innovate and create and 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 be different. And uh, this is definitely one of those things. So um, I've not tried it yet. I really want to. Don't know when I'll get there to try it, but uh, I want to. I probably should have tried to stop there when I was down uh, over the weekend because I was right there. But. 
Uh, Jason says, where is the Jackson Brewery? So uh, it sits kind of right on top of the hill overlooking OTR. If you are, if you're at Northern Row and you go uh, down McMicken, um, it is, it's, it's almost right there. It's like a block away up on top of the hill. And then the, uh, uh, the tunnels kind of come out onto McMicken. Um, it is now, uh, owned by Sinbev or the parent company of Sinbev, the uh, Cincinnati beverage company. They, um, they bought that and a couple other brewery buildings. Uh, this one, uh, the Jackson Brewery specifically, they don't really know long term what they're going to do with it. It's in really rough shape. The actual uh, building upstairs, uh, it, there was a fire a few years back that uh, did a lot of damage to it. Uh, the roof was completely gone. They've since spent a ton of money just kind of stabilizing the building, putting a roof on it, making sure that it uh, uh, is protected for uh, for the long term. And then they kind of have some other ideas. Uh, I've heard rumblings of like a hotel or something like that that they want to do in there, which could be really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's right there. Um, it was uh, trivia. This was the building before Urban Artifact was Urban Artifact. They were called Grayscale. That was kind of their their working name. Um, and this was the building that they originally were trying to go into. And just could not, they couldn't put as much money as it as needed into the building to, um, to make that happen. But uh, that was where they were originally going to be. Uh, trivia. Um, so yeah, uh, Kearns of Lager. Uh, as soon as I try it, I'll I'll try to uh, share my thoughts with uh, with you guys somehow because um, I think it's uh, I think it's cool. Um, so that's that. Uh, let's. Uh, uh, not necessarily about lager. Let's talk about growth, Ohio beer. So there was a, a press release that came out uh, fairly recently, kind of summing up the numbers from last year. And I know that there has been a lot of discussion over the last, uh, I don't know, month or so about are there too many breweries and, you know, whatever. Um, it's growing. You know, Ohio beer is still growing is the important thing that I kind of walked away uh, from with uh, this this article there was definitely it took a big hit during covid um every obviously everybody did um and then kind of last year things were still kind of coming back a little bit or i guess not last year 2021 things were still coming back 2022 uh there was growth it was up 8.9 percent um we're up to 420 breweries in the state uh, which includes 44 new ones in 2022. Uh, production volume, uh, we've been kind of sitting around sixth for a long time as far as states, um, but uh, they're making, uh, they, you know, all of the breweries in Ohio, are making 1.29 million barrels of beer, so just a ton of beer coming out of the state. Again, up 18.7%, uh, so just uh, uh, big, big numbers. And... <laughs> So when I hear everybody talking about the state of beer, I think you're just, there's a lot of people looking at it uh, through the wrong lens and uh, uh, numbers like that kind of uh, showcase that to me, that things are growing. It's just uh, where are they growing and how are they growing and what are the places that are uh, increasing how much beer they're making versus not. Um, it, it, you have to look at things the right way to kind of get a good picture of uh, what is happening with beer, not just in Ohio, but uh, uh, bigger 
picture too, but, but Ohio is in a, in a good spot. In my opinion, uh, even better than uh, Ohio, but not even better than Ohio, uh, one of the best shining beacons of what's happening in beer is happening right here in Cincinnati, uh, which is the, uh, uh, the next thing that I want to talk about because we got new breweries. We have a bunch of new breweries that are happening right now, um, breweries and tap rooms, we'll say. So Obviously, the uh, the logo here is uh, for Wandering Monsters. I did stop out there. didn't get to eat there. Um, I uh, had a, a pint and then uh, split a couple flights. Ran into Beer Dave out there, so we split a couple flights so that we could uh, sit and uh, sit and chat and uh, kind of talk about you know, the state of beer and uh, kind of what the, what we were drinking and everything. Just uh, it's always fun to uh, shoot the shit with him, but. Uh, um, Everything was great. The beer was great, but I, I've not gotten to eat yet. I'm really, uh, really wanting to. I still don't know what a pork wing is, um, but I, uh, I really want to try a pork wing <laughs> because it sounds delicious. Uh, I like pork and I like wings. Uh, so uh, somehow you put them together and it's got to be great. Um, but, uh, uh, we've got them. They just opened up and are fully open now. Uh, fretboard has their tap room out at uh, factory 52. And, uh, and Julia says they're from the special flying pigs of Cincy. That's, it's the only thing I can come up with. <laughs> um, the, uh, the tap room at, uh, factory 52, um, is open now. Uh, they, uh, don't brew there, but it's, uh, it's still a tap room and, um, definitely worth a, uh, a visit, uh, right around the corner from, uh, high wire, which has a tap room out there too. Uh, factory 52 is just, uh, chugging along and, uh, there's some really cool stuff happening out there. So go there, go there and have a beer. Um, a couple other new things that, uh, are, are definitely worth mentioning. The biggest one to me is this place, uh, gravel road, uh, up in Middletown. They took over the old rolling mill. Uh, brewing company. Uh, they uh, evidently have been opening their doors and I it completely missed it. <laughs> so I, I had heard about this place coming um, and, and, and they caught me off guard that they've been just serving beer on the weekends since like uh, late June. So they're, they have not had their grand opening. Uh, but it is coming. I think in the fall is what they what they said is that they uh, should be up and running completely by the fall. But uh, in the meantime, we'll be kind of doing some test stuff, uh, working on the building, a big thing, um, trying to get stuff painted and try to get things kind of their personality versus you walk in now and it still looks like rolling mill. But um, they are open. Uh, so that's uh, interesting to note for people. <laughs> and then uh, the... The, the news about uh, uh, Gilligan's uh, over in, in Wyoming. Uh, this is a uh, uh, currently operating restaurant space that uh, has been looking to try to do some kind of brewery. They are partnering up, is the best way to put it, uh, with Westside. They're going to put a brewery in there. So there's going to be a, uh, I guess, I don't, not, a, not a pilot system. It's just going to be another brewery, uh, another brewer that's, making West side beers branded differently. That's kind of my understanding. Uh, it's a, um, kind of a, a, a different, uh, approach to things than we've seen from other places for, I, I, I do not think that this is in any way owned by West side. Uh, it is just, it's a partnership. It's a, it's a, 
um, a way for Westside to just be making more beer. <laughs> um, it's uh, very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't don't understand all the ins and outs of the uh, the agreement, but um, it is coming soon, and I I don't think that that will be very far out. I believe that we we could probably see them um, this year. Marco says, "I don't know what that means." Uh, yeah, me either. <laughs> That's kind of kind of where I was going with this. I don't really don't really understand all the ins and outs, <laughs> but. Uh, um, yeah, I've been, been been digging as best I can to try to understand it. Um, I definitely will be asking a few questions the next time I uh, stop out at Westside, which will probably be very soon because they uh, also made an announcement this uh, uh, this week that they are going to be the first local brewery that releases their Oktoberfest, as far as I know. I don't think anybody else has theirs on t- – well – Unless you count Northern Row, who has theirs all year round, but um, their uh, Oktoberfest will come out on Thursday, so we are we're in it. Oktoberfest season begins. <laughs> uh, I didn't put this in my notes as a story to cover, but uh, speaking of Oktoberfest, the uh, Oktoberfest Cincinnati announced that they are moving locations. They are shifting back up uh, onto Fifth Street instead of. Um, down at uh, uh, it wasn't really at the banks down by the banks we'll say <laughs> Justin says goodness we're brewing ours tomorrow yeah I, you gotta find that right <laughs> sweet spot <laughs> I I don't mind them coming out I'll even say the very end of July um, I, I you know I I, I need it. I need it. I need it for a very long period of time. So I'm okay with that. But I also want some to be on shelves and on taps as we get into actually fall. I don't want them all to be gone. So there's, you have to have a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, Julia says, I felt like with not a lot of info, uh, it might be similar to just another brand from West side, not really tied to the West side name, but somehow fall under the West side umbrella. Could be very wrong though. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I I think that yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> uh I will I will have more information about it at some point here. Uh Julia says I love Oktoberfest and Märzens. I'm I'm all for it. Marco says brew it twice. I believe that uh, a lot of really especially a place like Westside, I think that they're doing more than one batch of it. Um I think that the one batch doesn't quite cover how much they sell. That probably goes for uh, a couple of those big guys. I believe uh, Braxton does a couple batches of it for sure. Uh, Julia says, is that decoction if you brew it twice? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, loggers, going back to the logger discussion, and not that we ever really left it. We kind of have talked about it the whole show. Um, uh Big Sis. Big Sis is scheduled. It is on the calendar. Brew Day is uh, coming up actually fairly fairly soon. Uh, and then with that, after that, we will start talking about the tapping event, which uh, I, th- I believe we have a date set for that too. Uh, it'll be late September, um, and I'll obviously have more details about it. Um, I can tell you that this year we are brewing Big Sis at uh, Darkness, uh, darkness has not brewed it before, so 
but yet they've uh, been involved in every single uh, version of Big Sis. So we wanted to uh, uh, wanted to get it there because um, they they've they've been there the whole the whole way. So it's their turn for sure. Um, I am super excited to do that. Uh, I did send out emails. I sent out emails to most places uh, today. I'm realizing as the day goes on, some of the places that I forgot, like I missed uh, sending one out to Wandering Monsters because uh, Jason is not currently on. I have a, a kind of a, a a group that I have just to make sending emails like that uh, easier. And I didn't put him in because he's too, he's too new. <laughs> so I didn't get him. And there's a couple other people that have kind of the contacts that I would have sent it to have fallen um, out of my list just because they might have left or whatnot. So there are a few places that um, if you happen to be listening to this and you're a local brewery and you're like, hey, I didn't get an email about that. I want to be involved. Uh, please, 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 please send me an email. We want you involved not only in the actual brewing of the beer, but in the uh, the event to the tapping event. We want as many as possible. Uh, this is a, a huge collaboration and um, we want to keep that going and keep it, keep it kind of growing. I don't remember what the actual number is up to now of uh, how many breweries have been involved with Big Sis over the years. <clears throat> I'm looking. Let's see. Uh, 17 different breweries have uh, been involved with making this beer. And uh, we uh, definitely want to grow that. Now, if we add into that number all of the breweries that have um, been involved with like the, the actual event, the, the charity stuff, the raffle baskets and stuff, that number gets really, really big. But No, that's just how many breweries have uh, showed up and helped. I say helped very loosely, helped make the beer. Uh, sometimes we just sit and drink, <laughs> sit and drink and eat donuts. <laughs> Uh, heckle there's a lot of heckling that goes on um it's fun it's a good time uh it's exactly kind of what uh mike would have wanted a um a collaboration beer that had his name and his uh, face on it to to be it's uh, it's perfect so again if you're listening to this your local brewery you want to be involved uh, please let me know Marco says that Truth Beer Podsequences wants to be involved. Uh, I will actually uh, reach out to you guys if you want to come and hang out for the uh, uh, the brew day uh, or obviously the uh, the tapping event too. You are more than welcome. <laughs> Julia says I can help with the donut eating and the beer drinking if you need extra people for that. We always need extra people for that. Um, so anyways, that's, that's where we're at this week. That's uh, how things are going. Uh, I am slammed the rest of this week. Um, but like I said, I am recording two podcasts this week, two episodes of the Brewcast, uh, including one with another new brewery that we didn't even talk about <laughs> that, uh, is I think legally open, but they are not yet. So, uh, we will definitely be talking about them, uh, probably next week, probably next Monday, because that's when the show will air. Um, and then, uh, the following week after that will be, uh, the live podcast that I'm recording this weekend, this coming weekend, that's right, right? If my uh, math in my head is correct, that's this coming weekend. Uh, yes, the 15th, I will be recording live at Fibonacci um, with uh, uh, Final Gravity, which is a, uh, a beer zine, if you guys are familiar with that. if you uh, Hopefully you listened to that episode of... Um, 
uh, Cincy Brewcast, and you know what I'm talking about because, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun show, and we're we're gonna do it live. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'll be uh, probably on the stage uh, doing the podcast, and then we're gonna try to stream it live too, which um, works. It works fairly well, I say fairly loosely, uh, fairly well uh, when I'm streaming from the basement here uh, in this nice controlled environment. I don't know how it's going to work from the beer garden, <laughs> um, but we're going to try. <laughs> so you have lots of opportunities to listen. You can show up there and just listen to it live. Uh, you can listen to the podcast uh, the next a week later, but more than a week later, because it'll be not that coming Monday, but the Monday after that. Or you can maybe listen uh, on your phone. We'll see. Julia says, I still have a bit of issue one to finish reading. Um, I knocked that whole thing out uh, the day that I got it. It was so good. I, I love it. I love love the idea behind it. Uh, for anybody that has not bought uh, issue one, uh, get on there and do it because it is uh, it is good. It's, um, it's what uh, beer writing is supposed to be. And so uh, I like it. And you should too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all I got for you. Um, we'll be back. Uh, I have to, I really have to clean up my studio and get packed for an early job tomorrow morning. Um, should be fun though. Um, and Julia says, uh, it's been a hellacious week since it showed up. I believe me. I get that. I get that, uh, uh very, very well. <laughs> we will uh, be back thank you guys for hanging out Um, if you like this show or any of the shows or any of the things that I do know that you can always support by going to thegnarlygnome.com slash support Uh, it helps and it helps kind of keep all of this stuff going Um, it'll help you make more podcasts that's for sure (laughs) Uh, we will see you guys next week thanks for hanging out I'll give you guys the sneak peek of next week's episode. Glendale House in Glendale. Uh, I, I always hesitate to tell you ahead of time just in case things don't work out, but that's, that's where we're going to be. So stay tuned.